Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on the Hurricane Hotline, Joe Zagacki, Don Bailey Jr. On Saturday, Miami will take on North Carolina at Hard Rock Stadium. A 4 o'clock kickoff, a little bit of a different story time. 4 o'clock kickoff will be on the air at high noon, 12 o'clock with countdown to kickoff. All right, countdown to Kane's kickoff. All right, uh, first things first, Don Bailey Jr., uh, always all eyes are on the quarterback. And uh, Coach Cristobal has made it clear, Tyler Van Dyke is his guy right now. Why shouldn't he be? He's a guy that has done everything he's been asked to do. Uh, he struggled a little bit against Middle Tennessee, and I say a little bit because really if, when you break it down and you watch, you watch the tape of the game, his first interception was the wrong read and the wrong throw. Should have went the other way. And then the next interception was the, the defensive guy made a play. So uh, it, led to, it led to another pick. It put Miami in a position, and then you have a fumble by a running back, and you put Miami in a position to where uh, you can't get out of the hole, and you change all the momentum early on. But at the end of the day, Tyler Van Dyke against North Carolina this week gives you the best chance to win, and I understand it. Van Dyke has, like every quarterback, high aspirations, playing in the future, playing in the NFL, all those things. This isn't going to be the first time or the last time that he finds himself on the bench because of a performance. Hopefully it's the last time in Miami, but along the way, Things happen to quarterbacks. Things happen, and this is a part of growing up. And, you know, you've mentioned it more than anybody, and, and you're 100% right. Coming into the season, you really had no starts. You had, what, did we start 12 games? Or nine, excuse me, nine games. And, and you know, he had some great success, and he had some big plays, had some outstanding receivers, and now he's going through a growing process. There's a complete change of offense, complete change of personnel, complete change of everything that was going on on that side of the football, and he'll adjust. And, you know, I was in the locker room with him after the football game, and he was hurt, and he was bothered, and he was upset, and I'm glad he's upset because he'll go work and he'll get better, and, and he's had a good couple weeks of practice, and I believe he'll be fine. Uh, I told you this. I probably could. I saw this coming a mile away. The criticism this year, I felt, was going to go right to the coordinators, and so that's where it's going now, and uh, that's just the game you play on, on these types of shows. Uh, that being said, Mario Cristobal couldn't have picked 
Who else are we going to pick? You picked the guy that won the Royals Award last year, went to the semifinals. I mean, I, I don't know what, what else you could possibly do. And it fits into a style of play that Coach Cristobal wants to play at Miami, not only today, but five years from now, ten years from now. Joe, this is a, a rebuilding process at the University of Miami right now, the football program. That's what it is. They're rebuilding a culture, they're rebuilding a team, they're rebuilding a mindset. And it just doesn't happen with 15 spring practices and a couple weeks of preseason and three or four football games. Uh, you go through the coaching changes that have gone on here at the University of Miami, whether it was Howard Schnellenberger and how it took long it took him, or Jimmy Johnson, or Butch Davis, and you know, you just go down the list of some of these guys, and you're going to have tough days. And there's a lot of reasons why it happens. You know, there's new terminology, there's new expectations, there's new ways of doing things, and you have a new mindset that you're trying to create. It's going to be all right. It's just never, it never happens as quick as anybody wants it to. I don't want to uh, beat up on the University of Miami's talent. I said on the show last week, who scares you? If you're the other team, who are you going, we have to game plan against? So along those lines, now that could change. We saw Frank Latson last week against Middle Tennessee make some plays. He was the 23rd best player in the country according to the services when he was being recruited. Maybe we see that, Frank Latson. Keyshawn Smith made a play. At this point, he, made, he got behind the defense. But if you're the other team, you're saying, well, who do they have that's going to take the top off the defense? Uh, until you prove it, until you prove it, uh, that gives the other team an advantage. It does. I think it's going to be very important for the University of Miami to play team football. If we're, if we're looking for a Rambo, if we're looking for a Harley, if we're looking for a guy that's going to take over a football game, I don't know that we've seen that guy show up yet. That doesn't mean that that person won't show up between now and the end of the year. You better make sure that you can play all three phases with the least amount of penalties, the least amount of turnovers. And really, you go back to, to last week, uh, I'm sorry, Middle Tennessee two weeks ago, it was the turnover and, 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 and when it happened. And yeah, the defense gave up big plays, but also when you got a lead like that, if you're Middle Tennessee, you can take a couple chances and they took them and it, and it worked out. And uh, it's, just, it's just the process. And I think that's what we're going through. I know that's what we're going through right now. And how long does it take? I don't know, but everything that you've seen, everything that I've seen, everything's going in the right direction. It just never happens fast enough. Uh, this week is North Carolina. You have a really good quarterback. One of the things that jumps out to me before we talk about uh, the quarterback is they've won three in a row against Miami, and they have jumped on the Hurricanes. They have put Miami in a tight spot. Uh, in 2019, it was 17-3. to Two thousand twenty, it was thirty-four to ten in the second quarter. Last year, late in the second quarter or at halftime, it was twenty-eight to ten. On Saturday, Miami cannot get themselves in a deep trench like that. I agree with you. I think, especially you know, coming off of a couple losses in a row, one of them being totally unexpected. Uh, you're, you're facing a mature team and a mature head coach, uh, a, a matured offense and defensive coordinators, guys that have been around. And uh, on the offensive side, Coach Longo's played Miami uh, every year since uh, Coach Brown's been here. So this will be the fourth time for Coach Brown, I believe. And they understand, they, they think they have the formula on how to beat Miami. Well, this 
is a different Miami team. And if we see the team that uh, the good things that we saw against Texas A&M, if we can see those good things for 60 minutes against North Carolina, I think it'll be a little bit different because I can tell you, I would bet that in the first two or three minutes of the game, they'll realize this isn't the same type of Miami mentality. I was hoping they would take a step back offensively when Sam Howell left. Unfortunately, they got this kid Drake May, who is six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds. A lot like Sam Howell, he can run, but he can really throw. He is um, putting up forty-five points a game. Uh, they're averaging five hundred and seven yards per game. Uh, they put up, I don't think, five twenty-seven against Virginia Tech. He had three sixty-three on twenty-six completions against Virginia Tech, and thirteen of his twenty-six completions were for at least fifteen yards or more. The craziness is he was the leading rusher last week against Virginia Tech. This guy's legit. I, I think that uh, you know, I go back to North Carolina, and I was a big fan of Sam Howell. How how Mac Brown only won seven games a year with Sam Howell at quarterback? I don't know. I think he underachieved. Then he comes and he finds this this young man, who is a different style, but every bit is is uh, confident. And you mentioned it. You know he can run. He he'll jump over you. He'll hurdle you. And he he's a big time football player. And he gets through this year where he's not hurt and he continues on the pace that he is. He's going to be your high in your talk for Heisman candidate next year. One of the keys for the Miami defense this week. Be careful of targeting. He runs. He's six five. He he slides. He's a big target. He's taking shots from his shoulder pads up to his helmet. You you know the 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 uh, the eye in the sky is going to be be watching closely. Yeah, he puts himself in, in some positions. I, I saw a couple plays or one specific play against Virginia Tech where he I thought he was going to go out of the game. And and you're right. He has a lot to do with the the shots that he takes, but. But he's, he's a natural runner. It's not, it's not like he's faking it or he's trying it. They scheme the run game for him, and it pays off. The way to win this game, I think, as we sit here on the Hurricane Hotline, and uh, I know a lot of people think that Van Dyke a year ago, the hurry up and all that stuff worked really well, and it did. It did. Uh, the way to win this game is not, in my opinion right now, is not to get into a track meet. I think the way, the path, to win this game for Miami, and now I don't know the condition of their running backs, but if you would, if you were able to put together a 200, 250-yard day on the ground and bludgeon them, uh, control the ball, don't let their offense on the field. When their offense gets out there, they'd like to go fast. So in one way, you can almost speed them up if you can get in front of them. Three and outs have hurt the, this team, Carolina. I think the way to do it is if you could run on them, that would be a path or I think a success, successful path. I agree with you. I think it's going to take, you know, full-fledged effort. But the run game, if Miami can do that, the, the best part about it is it's going to – something Miami's done the last couple of weeks is they've won time of possession by a large amount. That's going to keep May off the field. That's going to keep Downs off the field. That's going to keep the two biggest, best playmakers and guys that can score uh, on the bench, and, and that's an advantage for the Hurricanes. You can speed them up. By, by you controlling the ball. Because when they come off the bench, they're going to feel like they got to get it all back in one play. Yeah, and, and that's something where you can capitalize on. But, you know, again, you know, Coach Longo, their, their offensive coordinator, he is a guy that is uh, well-suited uh, for that position. He understands it. I mean, you go back to and watch his career. He, he's been productive on offense at every single level, and I mean huge amounts of yards, and it's no different this year. 
let's uh, jump away from this game for a moment. Look ahead to the weekend. Other things going on in college football. Wisconsin fired Paul Christ, two-time Big Ten coach of the year. Been to the championship game two or three times. Two New Year's Six Bowl games, including the Orange Bowl. A winning percentage of 70%, and they fired their head coach. Never had a losing season, right? And what, uh, four out of eight or five out of eight, ten wins or better? Um, you know, it smells funny to me. It really does. Those people, those people don't in that part of the country don't change much of anything for a hundred years. How are you going to change a head coach that's that's winning football games for you? And you know, everybody cited the the last two years, were but those were COVID years in a, in a conference that really didn't seem to have it together uh, with what they wanted to do. So in in the COVID era, I'm I'm shocked. Uh, what will happen is is. Uh, He'll take the route of, of like uh, Brett Bellema, who's at Illinois, who actually beat them. Yeah, it, he'll, he'll, go, he'll go turn it around uh, somewhere else because he's one heck of a football coach. We've seen Wisconsin a couple times uh, more than we wanted to, and they are well coached. They're hard-nosed. They're, they're a solid approach offensively with, with a ground game and, and uh, play action. And I don't know, you know, uh, Leonard is their defensive coordinator who was a former player there. So I don't know, you know, I don't know who got tired of who or who said what, but it just absolutely doesn't make any sense to me. When you look at some of these other firings that have happened already, then you could say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, no. Um, I don't know if you saw this. TCU in Oklahoma on last Saturday. Oklahoma's going to play Texas this week. Uh, so that's the great rivalry game. Oklahoma. Now as a defensive-minded head coach, right, they gave up almost 700 yards to TCU. Not 500, not 600, almost 700. And your head coach was thought of as to be a defensive guru and at a school that has done, at, at a university that's done phenomenal, just to, to take from coach, the last two coaches. What, what they've done is it's an average of 10 wins a year, I'm sure. Um, you know, that's today's college football. I think that I'm glad you brought that up because it gives you some perspective of what's going on. And it's TCU that they lost to last week. They lost the week before was to Kansas, was it not? Yeah. So two teams that you would never think in a million years that Oklahoma would lose to, they not only lost to them, they got beat bad by them. And I think that's, that's the interesting thing of college football today. You just don't know. Saturday night, Texas A&M will play at Alabama. Now, this was going to be dubbed as the uh, the Jimbo Saban Bowl. A&M is in a little bit of trouble. They got squashed by Mississippi State. Yeah, buckle up, Jimbo. <laughs> your little your little animated conversation, one sided conversation this off season about Coach about Coach Saban is uh, he he he's going to come after you, and and now. Alabama's got some questions at quarterback, right? They've got some injuries that have happened there. But I, I think that, that that stadium, Bryant-Denny Stadium, is going to be rolling. I think that Coach Saban's going to have his team uh, frothing at the bit. And it's, it's, I'd put my money on Alabama. There's no question. Florida State got beat last week. Florida State looked good all season. You know, and uh, the ACC needs Florida State to play well. But they got beat by a better Wake Forest team. Is, is, I think it's still hard for people to grasp that Wake Forest has a good program. Right now, they went into, they went into Doe Campbell Stadium, fell behind 7 nothing, and it was 
nothing. They look like a veteran team and did it without their two starting tight ends and won the game pretty, pretty handily. So everybody would have allowed Wake Forest to mail it in against Florida State. They took Clemson to double overtime and lost at home. Clemson to double overtime and lost at home. And they go to Doak Campbell in front of a packed house and aside from a couple of drives, own the football game. They were the least penalized team. Florida State was penalized 11 or 12 times, right? And they were, uh, at some point, people better wake up and realize that head coach that's at Wake Forest is, is doing not a good job, a phenomenal job. And the thing that I liked about that game, because I, I watched a lot of it, is Wake Forest matched Florida State physically. I'm not telling you they matched them athlete for athlete, but I will tell you they matched them physically. They were tough. They were hard-nosed. And what sold me on the whole deal is they had to win the football game. And I think their last drive, Wake Forest's last drive, was 18 plays. You tell me if that's not closing the deal, I don't know what is. Wake might have a tough time holding on to Dave Clawson. Florida State's going to play North Carolina State this week. Well, uh, right now, Miami's going to see him later. The team to beat in this conference is Clemson. Uh, 41 points per game. DJ Uyunglele is playing really well. Played great against North Carolina State. Uh, they beat them by 10. As I mentioned, they're averaging 41 points per game. They're going to be, once again, I, th- I think if you took uh, Alabama and Georgia and put them in the NFL where they belong, then it becomes Ohio State and Clemson as the next best teams. That's a pretty good way to look at it. You're right. And, you know, and Clemson is – they had an elite player at quarterback for three years, led them to championship games, and they had an elite running back, and they had uh, excellent defense and an excellent defensive coordinator. And, you know, everything was in place. And they fell off last year, Joe. They won ten football games. One of them they lost in overtime. One of them they lost to Georgia on a pick six in week one, and they had a big fall off. I don't see it happening. I think Clemson's – I think you're right. Clemson looks like it's theirs to – their ACC is theirs to take. Okay, it's Miami and Carolina on Saturday. Got a whole week to uh, marinate on this one. We'll see you at Hard Rock Stadium. Our broadcast will begin at noon, kickoff at 4, Miami and North Carolina. Hour number two of the hotline coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.